Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. My name is Radu Palomario. I'm the Managing Director of Helco Global. This following episode is actually a recording of a podcast that Knut Alike, partner of McKinsey Supply Chain, and myself had as part of a guest show on the Tom Raftery podcast. Tom asked us a lot of questions regarding the book From Source to Soul, how we came up with the idea, how we executed it, as well as some pretty interesting and funny stories from the publishing journey of the book. So listen, enjoy, and hope you find a lot of relevant things in the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is the Digital Supply Chain Podcast, the number one podcast focusing on the digitization of supply chain, and I'm your host, Tom Raftery. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Supply Chain Podcast. My name is Tom Raftery, and with me on the show today, I have my two special guests, Knut and Radu. Knut and Radu, would you like to introduce yourselves with maybe Knut going first in alphabetic order? Sure. Thanks a lot, Tom, for having us. It's a pleasure to be to be back, actually. Yes, indeed. So my name is Knut Aleke. I'm a partner from McKinsey. I'm a supply chain professional working in this field since 25 years and always curious to improve the supply chain performance and also to make sure that we bring supply chain to the people, educate and um, make people successful. Phenomenal. Radu? It's super uh, to be here. Tom, thanks for the invite. Radu Palamario here, Managing Director of Elkut Global. Uh, we say that our mission is to connect and upgrade the supply chain ecosystem. We do that through end-to-end supply chain executive search, through uh, training and education in supply chain. And then we also have a platform called Suplify, which connects companies to tech platforms. Delighted to be with you today. Fantastic. And Jens, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. The reason I invited you on the podcast was because I saw you had recently co-authored a book called From Source to Sold, Stories of Leadership in Supply Chain. And Radio, you tell me the book is doing extremely well, almost up to your wildest expectations. So congratulations on that. Well done, folks. But before we get into the, the, the kind of meat and potatoes of the book, tell me, first of all, what was the genesis of the book? Where did it come from? Why, why did you decide to write this book? So maybe let me start. I think it, it was sometime about a year ago uh, that uh, me and Knut were sharing about, uh, look, how can we get some of these great stories of leaders in supply chain out there? How can we try to inspire one more people to join supply chain to as well make sure that people know some of these great examples that are out there? And three, try also to inspire the supply chain professionals to put themselves out there more influence, storytell, communicate more the good work that they do. So that kind of was the the synopsis, really, or the genesis, really, of the book. And then uh, it did happen that both uh, Knut and myself, I I like to think we are action-oriented people, and we gelled really well as a cooperation and partnership. So we basically said, hey, yes, let's do it, and let's see what happens. And, well, one year later, it seems that something pretty cool has happened, at least from the feedback we've gotten in the last one month or so since the book was released. Okay. Can there anything you want to add to that? Yeah. So in my work, I, I always challenged my clients of, hey, do you really tell the story of supply chain? So many, many years ago, I, I asked the question, did you put aside a marketing budget, so to say, for your supply chain story? And everyone liked this a lot. 
But at the end, um, no one did really kind of follow this advice. I think bits and pieces were done. So this also then helped the conversation with Radu, where we, we both kind of joked around and said, hey, there's so much great talent. Why don't we see more of them? How to tell the story of supply chain? So then this joking led to the first interview. And then we found ourselves and, hey, now we need to make something real out of it. And then we had this great 26 interviews of our contributors from different industries, different regions, telling their story of how they became successful supply chain professionals going into the board of their companies. And that was, uh, that was very inspiring to listen to these stories. Okay, so fantastic. The book is based on a series of 26 interviews with supply chain leaders. Is that the, is that the whole story behind the book? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And uh, it's it's also very diverse. So we not only have kind of the head of supply chain, we also have like a Deepak Garg, for example, who is the, the founder and the CEO of Rivigo. So we have also these type of people with the supply chain background who started their own company and then did grow their, their company. Okay, phenomenal. As well, I mean, I think what what we have a couple of CEOs that came strongly from a supply chain background. So that also makes a very... Interesting story, right? How do you make it to the board? How do you make it to the CEO position from a supply chain, from an operations perspective? What did they do in their journey? And I think also what the book does well, on top of the fact that it's a very easy read. So I you know even our family members have read it. They have nothing to do with supply chain and they got it, right? My father got it. So I think it's it's safe to say that it's fairly easy to, to, to read and digest. We also put together a framework. And I think that is very useful because the chain model, which is the framework we came up with, is a model easy to use. Each letter stands for something. We'll, we'll go through it through this podcast. Easy to make and, and implement in your supply chain organization to upskill and upgrade the level of leadership, right? To how do you take the, those mid-management or senior managers to the next level? How do you make sure that they're great leaders, great managers? How do you make sure that they're great influencers within the organization can tell the story right can influence the other stakeholders laterally and upwards and downwards, right? And create that narrative around supply chain that positions supply chain as a partner to the business, as an enabler. Okay, so as an enabler, as opposed to a cost center, which is very much how it was thought of pre-pandemic, right? Yes, and in fairness, just today I met a very seasoned professional in FMCG and to my surprise, right, I mean, you would think that FMCG would be a bit more of the forefront of development because typically they are. And he, he told me very, I'm not going to name them, obviously, but he told me very upfront, look, uh, Radu, in our organization, still manufacturing is seen as the god and, and you know, supply chain is not fully understood even up till today, even after COVID is not fully understood. So I think there's still a way to go. And hopefully this, this book, and we've seen literally people buying it for their board and for their CEOs. We've had a couple of orders like that because it paints a broader picture in a very easy to follow way for everybody. Okay. Can you do anything to add there? So I, I would I would fully agree that so our, our dream was that in the in in the pandemic and all the disruptions that we had, that, hey, now kind of supply chain is, is everywhere, right? So everyone talks about supply chain. And it's very important to, to see that it's not that there was a failure of a supply chain. The supply chains did work. It was just that the demand was so high <clears throat> that there was no way that we could fulfill this demand, right? And that's why it felt like there was disruptions. And reality was that there were kind of uh, supply chain tend to be longer, longer lead time. So it was disruptive. But very important supply chains did work. And to Rado's point, kind of going 
back, so to say, to cost cutting, inventory reduction, this indeed is something that we also hear with our clients these days, which is on one hand frustrating. On the other hand, it tells us that we need to even communicate more, right? We need to tell more of the supply chain story. We need to kind of explain more why end-to-end is so important going forward to be to be resilient, right? To come out of this crisis uh, stronger. Okay. Slightly left field question for a second, but you said you wrote the book in one year. That's an amazingly short time to go start to finish and have a book out in the wild available on Amazon. Can you talk a little bit about how that worked? Supply chain people make things work, right? So uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the <laughs> the secret. No, so it was meant to be kind of a collection of inspiring interviews and stories, stories of people and their own career, right? So with this, it gave us the opportunity to front load, right, with the with the interviewers. Then clearly, Radu and I are are not professional authors, mm-hmm. right? So we got help by Vishnu, who did a great job in kind of also from a style perspective, really distilling the important elements of the interviews. And then I must say that Radu hired a colleague to push this through. And that was just amazing to see how efficient Claudia did do that. In kind of three months, finding a publisher, we reviewed everything. It was a lot of work from mm-hmm. our side, sure. but we had clearly very, very smart people to help us to deliver on time. Though, though there's, there've, been, there've been issues with stock. <laughs> so, um, so funny story today, I actually met uh, Ilona. So she borrowed the book from a colleague of hers because she wanted to buy it off Amazon and it was out of stock and it, it boggles me. I have no clue why because I thought that they do print on demand. I don't know the intricacies of Amazon, but I, I, thought, I would have thought that it's print on demand and apparently it was out of stock. So she actually borrowed it. She posted it on LinkedIn saying, look, I had to borrow it from my colleague because it was out of stock, but I love the book. And I said, okay, let me meet with you because I had a coffee. Let me give you a copyright because you must be one of the most fervent learners and you know <laughs> fans to do this so we've had some issues with out of stock which well wow. probably we failed on that supply chain <laughs> but um but yeah on the execution we've been fortunate both not and myself to have an amazing team that, that pushed it through and we're still i mean in, in fairness right and whoever's listening we're still working on distributors it's starting to hit the book uh, shops worldwide but we still have a you know a lot of people that haven't yet had it in the bookshop so we're still working on that cool cool and coming back to the the actual contents of the book, so across the the interviews, what kind of themes emerged? What kind of learnings can you say came out of the book? So I'm I'm happy to start and and then Radu jump in. As Radu said, we have we kind of distilled the chain model, right? But if we just start from what we after having done this 26 interviews, when when we discussed what did we learn, there's a lot of humbleness. Right, where people say, hey, I'm now this person leading the company, leading the supply chain, but they all, they all feel very humble, We're very, very down to earth, very pragmatic. Mm-hmm. They all felt like very analytical, very interesting, right? So that is kind of what you would expect from a supply chain person. And this really proved to be the case. They all felt like, hey, we need to work together internally, right? So with my team, with suppliers, with customers. Also here, hey, silos do not work, right? So we need to make sure that we that we get it done. And what I found also interesting is that it's lifelong learners, mm-hmm. right? A lot of them said that, hey, 
I'm I'm eager to learn. I read, I go to conferences, I talk to people because there's always something that I can learn to improve, so to say, our performance. So that was very inspiring. And last comment, we also had a couple of women leaders. And what I found interesting is the, the women leaders always commented on, on their family, right? Oh, nice. The male did less. It's not that they did not do that, mm-hmm. but they did less than the women. I just keep it mm-hmm. like this. Interesting. Interesting. Ready? Yeah, and I'll, I'll, maybe I'll add one layer. Usually the complexity surrounding, I would say all the time, I'm going to dare to generalize, but all the time the complexity surrounding the careers of women has been way more or much more in, in many ways than the complexity around male uh, careers. So that that was a good, okay, uh, both me and Knut probably don't want to go too hard. Otherwise, you know, we're going to have some some male uh, ex- executives chasing us, right? But this definitely uh, came through. I would want to add something that is fresh in my mind also from the feedback I got from one of the readers of the book this morning. And she said it was empowering for her to read all these stories because she realized that almost none of the speakers had a, the contributors had a formal education in supply chain, which is true. I mean, actually, there is not a lot of formal educations in supply chain out there. True. Fairly new domain. And I didn't think from that perspective because she had also not come from supply chain and she's about 30s, mid 30s, right? So for her, it was like, oh, wow, I don't need to have any sort of inferiority type of mindset. Oh, maybe I'm lacking something from my education, right? All these people are CSEOs, COOs, CEOs, and they didn't have a formal education either. And look, they made it. So it was very empowering to her. Now, to expand a little bit, because I did start, chain model is, I guess, the Secret sauce, there's no such secret sauce, right? The <laughs> principles of what makes a supply chain leader. We specifically chose also the word chain uh, to stand for it, right? We had to play a little bit. But basically, in short, C stands for collaboration. H stands for holistic. A for adaptable. I for influential. And N for narrative. So it's the combination of these five traits that make and that came across in each of the interview. And then in the book, we also give some examples of behaviors. And we go now going a step further where we're actually developing a program uh, with case studies, with examples, as well as with exercises that can uh, be a practical way to develop teams on it. Okay. And when you say this chain model refers to attributes of supply chain leaders, and then you're talking about you know a, a follow-on that you're coming up with, is this some kind of workshop that people can attend is it some kind of course that people can take is it another book where is it on that kind of scale a little little bit of everything so i mean we have started to discuss about the 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 next book with knut but it's it's in the it's in the wraps but the first steps there is a a elkan global academy that we have launched with a combination of other courses but there is a specific online course on these five elements of the chain model with practical exercises that anybody can do on a, on their own pace. And then the workshop, which will be in three formats, there's going to be a four-hour, one-day, two-days workshops, face-to-face or virtual with teams of 2030. So this is a proper workshop format mm-hmm. that uh, Shub, who's our head of training and development, is working on. It should be available in the next one month or so. And that's an actual workshop format. And then with Knut, we are working on a few continuations of this we're going to together with the world economic forum we're also working on publishing some more examples of the chain model 
And we are also working on putting together a whole methodology behind it, as well as the competency center and capabilities behind this to go one level deeper. And to, to build on this, we we tested the the idea when we in McKinsey we do every two tw twice a year we we call it supply chain executive academy where we basically gather uh, a group of 30, 40 supply chain executives and uh, have two days discussions exchange networking and so on. So Radu and I basically presented the idea of the book and the and the chain model and had very good discussions on communication skills, right? And everyone more or less kind of signed up for hey. I need to train my supply chain people on the chain model and how to communicate it better, <laughs> how to tell the story. And that was amazing. That was an amazing feedback. It was overwhelming positive. So that is clearly something that, that we need to develop. And we need to also make sure, so I'm, I'm also next to McKinsey, I'm teaching as a professor at the University of Cologne. And here, what, what I always see is that university education is often too theoretic. I try to bridge that gap with me teaching, but that's not enough. So here, kind of to really bring more practical knowledge, pragmatic knowledge to not only students, but also to professionals is super, super important. Yeah, sure. I, I get that. But I want to challenge you on the supply chain communication, because having published around 270 episodes of the Digital Supply Chain podcast, I've not found any problem finding supply chain professionals who are good communicators you know it's it, to me it's been amazing how phenomenally good the supply chain professionals are at communicating so have i just been lucky or am i missing something or am i misinterpreting what you're saying or where are we there let me let me tell you a story that that we heard during this session one of the participants said that look um, i was in sales and then i wanted to change jobs right so and i've found that supply chain is probably interesting. So joined supply chain, did not understand a single word. And then <laughs> after six, nine months or so, he got into the topic and now he's 18 months into the topic. He said that, look, um, I was invited by my sales colleagues to join their global sales meeting with a couple of hundred salespeople and to explain supply chain. So then I looked back and thought that, hmm, if I now give the, the nerdy supply chain talk, no one will understand, hmm. right? So he then started to, to communicate with pictures, right? So he, for example, used a picture of the Ever Given stuck in the, in the channel sure. to explain that, hey, this is a disruption, right? And it was very interesting that he said that <clears throat> there were a couple of supply chain colleagues in the, in the audience and they was like, oh no, what is he talking about? That's so simple. And all the salespeople came over and said, yes, that's exactly what we needed. Now we understand. So... There is people out there who can communicate very, very clear. If I look into my client work on a day-to-day -day basis, I still see that there is the majority of people who know a lot. They have a hard time if they need to explain their COO or CEO what they're doing and why this is super, super important. Couldn't you say the same for any discipline that, you know, you have people who are so deep down in the weeds, it's very hard for them to step back and see the big picture and explain it that way? I would say that is true and not true. So we have we have this saying in the in the book where if you have 10 orders, right, and um, out of these 10 orders, you deliver nine, the, the supply chain person would say, oh, no, I missed this one. That's so bad. <laughs> the salesperson that uh, out of this 10 delivered one 
would celebrate this one and not mention the, the other nine, right? So <clears throat> there is clearly a kind of a, a, a natural way to communicate differently, which I would say is in sales and marketing and not in supply chain. Okay. Radu? We are obviously biased in some ways. I mean, we, we don't talk finance here, neither, neither know myself, and I'm sure that there's other... There's other functions, right, in the organization that may struggle. I don't think that communication is necessarily only a supply chain issue. But by and large, we both activate in supply chain. And by and large, we see that as one of the main problems of why, one, supply chain professionals don't manage a lot of times to get their perspective across in a way that the business understands or their stakeholders understand, speaking their language, plainly put. So, you know, 270 guests that you've had, I'm sure that great communicators, the, the key is can you communicate to whom you're sitting in front? And if you're standing in front of supply chain is one thing, if you're standing in front of sales, another finance, another R&D, CEO board, another thing. Recently, I met a good friend of mine who I think, I believe he's a good communicator. And he himself told me, look, Radu, during this whole COVID, I actually got a seat of the board. I got a seat. They called me in to explain to them what is going on. And he gave me this example of where he was sitting and explaining to them some situation where it was China and you know he had some over, overflow of stock and he ended up talking to them about bonded warehouses and all of that. And he actually said, look, brother, I could feel myself having an out-of-body <laughs> experience looking at myself talking all of that, feeling I'm rambling and I'm completely boring these guys that have no idea what I'm talking about. And still, I couldn't stop myself from doing it and you know in short now he's not called into the board meetings again and he's a guy that i actually think he is a good communicator but it's sometimes the crux of it and the subtlety i don't know if it's subtlety but again of it is can you communicate to the audience that you speak to in their language that i think is the piece that a lot of times is missing and that's where I think, by and large, generalizing broadly, right, and there's some fantastic leaders out there. We have a lot of CEOs that come from supply chain, yeah, and it's increasing. But by and large, the general population of supply chain practitioners, because they're pragmatic, they get stuff done, they are focused on results, they fail at or they fail to allocate enough resources or attention to to speak the language of the different stakeholders they are faced with. So is that why we don't have as many supply chain people on the boards of companies? That's one of the reasons. And another reason that I found interesting when I talk to a big company is that they even don't open up, so to say, the channel to the board for supply chain people. Right? So for them, it was like, hey, the future board will be recruited from manufacturing or from R&D right, in their specific environment. So there was even not an not an option for supply chain people to to get in, right? And with this, you could also see that the the supply chain was underdeveloped, right? So it was it was siloed. It was not end to end. It was not seen as as important. So this is clearly also something that needs to change. And here to create this awareness for the board that uh, hey, here we have a super interesting and important topic. The last two and a half years did help a lot, but now we need to continue with this push through that hey, end to end is an important topic. Supply chain is an important topic and it can really, really, really create value. And so the target reader for this book is not necessarily supply chain professionals. It's people 
outside the profession to show how important supply chain is? I would say it's, it's both. Yeah, it's it's both. So so if you if you're struggling to get through to somebody, come and you want to. I mean, uh, maybe your case is is not the best because you you're a great communicator. But there are people like uh, even Yossi Sheffi, uh, you know, from MIT. He was saying that for a long, long, long time, up till last year or something or two years ago, his family didn't, or you know, his wife even didn't really understand what he does, and he's seventy. <laughs> And then all with all these news, you started to get, okay, supply chain, this supply chain, that, okay, I kind of get an idea. I think the book would pretty much explain that we've had parents that bought it for their kids. My daughter is reading it, right? She gets it, right? So the book is at that level of a 10-year-old would understand what's, what's it about. But at the same time, I think the biggest difference it's going to make, or we hope at least, or I hope at least it is going to make, is in the parent practitioners in supply chain to give them examples and very concrete case studies and very specific situations and how to deal with it, how to deal with the board, how to tell and to make a case, right? Even have somebody, I love that particular story, right? Sasha Menges, who's a CEO, and he says that he used to be a magician when he was a student. And that helped him tremendously in his MD and CEO roles. And I'm like, but what's the connection, right? And he says, well, as a magician, you learn how to direct attention and direct the crowd to what you want them to see. That's extremely useful in a board setup, in a management meeting, right? When you do a presentation and you want to influence people. This type of connections, I believe, and that's why also on purpose, Knut and myself did the book in a very easy read format, because people remember stories. They don't remember data. If data convinced anyone, nobody would smoke on this planet. <laughs> data does not convince people, right? So yeah. we hope that by having 26 stories, they will remember one, two, three that will stick in their minds. Maybe they read the book again and depending on the stage that they're at in their career or questions or development, some other stories will stick with them and that will provide them inspiration right, to move forward. And it's very important, we, if, if you just reflect a bit on the feedback we get, so re the reviews and also what we hear from, from friends and family, people like this idea, I can pick a story, right? Mm. And I, I read that story and um, maybe they even know the contributor, right? Oh, that was interesting. I learned something. And then I can read another one and another one. And this is completely different from a, a classical textbook, right? So I also wrote a classical textbook, <laughs> right. 50 pages full of formulas, which is interesting for PhD students. Right. But for the pragmatic stuff, this interview format, and then also the, the chain model that Pardo explained kind of brings it all together. And with this, you also have a framework, right? Where you kind of allocate all the different interviews in. And this is super pragmatic, super helpful. Yeah, sure. And I can imagine when you're comparing a book of 450 pages, which is a textbook versus I'm not sure how many pages is in your guy's book. And it probably depends on whether it's hardback or softback or whatever. But when you compare that to 26 reasonably short stories, you know, it's probably a lot easier to digest than a, a tome of 450 pages written for an academic audience. We've had people that read it in two days. So it's an easy read. Yeah. I don't come from supply chain. I tell the story of the book. I kind of stumbled across supply chain myself. So I did some reading because I just felt like a fraud when I began, right? Mm. Still do sometimes, but less and less. And it was very heavy for me. It was like some of the jargon is like, God. But then I felt very relieved because I read some of the best, in my opinion, at least, you know, Yossi Sheffi. And then I read the, this John Gatorna who wrote a book on dynamic supply chains. And then I realized that, well, supply chains are mostly basic principles. It's about people, it's about some systems and it's about some common sense. And then, you know, 
I realized, okay, this is not so complicated if we don't get into the jargon and the buzzwords and the whatnot, right? It's mm. actually a lot of common sense. So that was the intent of our, our book. And, you know, we, we funnily enough, we had this discussion with Knud when we began and said, we don't want to make it as a academic type of a read. <laughs> we specifically want to make it as an easy read. Mm, nice. I don't come from a supply chain background either. I fell into it through an accident of reorganization. And so the way I decided to learn about supply chain was to set up a podcast about supply chain and invite people who did know about supply chain to come on the podcast. And then I could learn about it through osmosis. And so 270 episodes later, here I am. I know something about supply chain now. Exactly. So why, why is now a good time for this book? So we, we talked about the ongoing disruptions. So supply chain is in the press. Mm. And we talked about that, hey, it's kind of in the press as, hey, it's not working. Actually, we discussed that it is working. So what we felt is companies are now forced to discuss supply chain and to improve their supply chain performance or their setup or the, how they plan or educate their people. So this should now kind of help them to even accelerate the, the transformation to a, a good supply chain company, right? Because it's a hot topic now. And we should leverage this, this hot topic idea that we improve the maturity and the understanding of supply chain. And this is where, where the book clearly contributes. Okay. And I think the, the beauty of it, Tom, is that it's extremely diverse. We, again, made it on purpose that we interviewed very diverse people from all industries all backgrounds, right? You, you will find leaders from really not only gender, but you know, really backgrounds and race, and you name it, right? We have we have pretty much from China to India to US to uh, you know Latin America to whatever Middle East. And that also makes gives a pretty broad palette, right? Because you can't really say, and sometimes we do say that, oh, FMCG is this, or pharma is this, or automotive is this, or whatever industrial is that. We have examples in pretty much all specters of the industries and, and, and backgrounds where they say, look, you can build a successful storyline in supply chain wherever you are. And uh, it's, it's just maybe if you're putting your own limits, <laughs> that, that's your problem, right? But ultimately, it's been here, it's been done. Some had big budgets, some didn't, and they made it work. Nice. Okay, cool. Gents, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Is there any question that I haven't asked you that you wish I had or any aspect of this we haven't touched on that you think it's important for people to be aware of? I think we covered everything. The, the main message is, hey, supply chain is important. And as someone with a supply chain background, you can make it to the board for the better of the company. Mm. Absolutely. And definitely, if you haven't, check out the book from source to soul, <laughs> get a copy and, and and have a read or Pink Knut and, and myself and we'll, we'll see what we can do about it if you're from you know a country where you can't afford it. But I, I do believe that this ripple effect that it, it is already creating and we've started to get requests from universities, from different companies that are also looking at their entry level to get this book. I think that chance there is a possibility that this will be one of those triggers to okay early on in the in their careers to also plant the seeds of what is possible out there that will hopefully inspire the next generation of supply chain that will make it to the board or to the CSEO or to just being amazing professionals in their specific functions and give them this examples of what is you know what is really potential great potential for a supply chain leader 
Okay, cool. And if people would like to know more about either yourself, Radu, or Knut, or the book, where would you have me direct them? The book has a website, right, from Source to Soul, so that's the easiest. And then uh, I think both for, for myself and for, for Knut, we, we are easily to be found on uh, on LinkedIn and happy to connect. Exactly. So reach out, reach out to us and we always enjoy discussions on how to tell the story of supply chain. Fantastic. Great. And I'll put links to both your LinkedIn accounts and also to the book on the notes for this podcast so people can find them easily. Great. Radu. Knut, that's been fantastic. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to go to www.elcottglobal.com and click the podcast button for all the show notes of the interview. Also, subscribe to our mailing list to get our latest updates first. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify or Stitcher, we would appreciate a kind review. Five star works best to keep us going and our production team happy. And of course, share it with your friends. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me. And if you have any suggestions on what what to do and who to invite next, don't hesitate to drop me a note. And if you're looking to hire top executives in supply chain or transform your business, of course, contact us as well to find out how we can help.